0: Are <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, well, well, wait.
1: video?
0: No,
2: Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to the Research Pod. We're so happy that you joined us today. This is a monthly podcast sponsored by the All of Us Research Program. And today, we begin a three-part series with CAB. No, not the CAB you pay that takes you from A to Z, but the Community Advisory Board of Atlanta and they assist the Clinical Research Center for the Morehouse School of Medicine. Today we're gonna discover who they are, what they're all about, and how they benefit the city of Atlanta. Now I'd like to introduce you to the director of CAB, Reverend Leland Jones. He'll take it away from here and enjoy today's program. Reverend Jones?
3: Hello, everyone, and thank you, Cheryl, for this time and granted us to be able to share who we are as far as being the CAB. I will make one notice of disclaimer. I'm not the director, but I'm the current president. And uh, honestly, we're hoping to have the original president be on here with us during this podcast. Hopefully, that will take place. But one of the things we want to do is introduce ourselves to you, the listening public, as to who we are as the CAB. So let me give one basic uh, bit of information. The Community Advisory Board, which is what CAB is, C-A-B. Community Advisory Board was established with Morehouse School of Medicine Research Division to be able to carry the ideas that are taking place in intelligentsia out to the broader community. That's the entire purpose. When it comes down to research, we know that there is a vast chasm of emptiness where we look at who the medications are made for because of who the research was done with and actually who can benefit from the medicines, whatever they are, whatever the research requires. Most cases, most medicines over the years have been actually made for white males That's just a general reality. So the Community Advisory Board was established to help Morehouse School of Medicine in the research division to get people of color distinctly involved in the research phase and finding out how can we benefit our broader community by using our ethnic differences to come up with medicines that are basically not only needed for us but also that can benefit us and everyone else. It doesn't take away from the fact that there are different genetic links that everyone and different ethnic bases cover and at the same time if we're not there to be at the ground level from a research perspective we're actually not being there on the outer end when medicines are yeah. to meet our needs and we find in many cases the disparities shows that that's not often the case. So that's why CAP was established, for us to help Morehouse School of Medicine and the research division do what it does best. And trust me, for those of you who are on board with us, you know for a fact that Morehouse School of Medicine is leading in the areas of making sure that they're actually providing answers. Now the All of Us program is interesting. President Obama, during one of his presidential addresses, had mentioned the idea of precision medicine. And I don't know, personally, if it was already in the works. But when he made that statement, so CAB had already been in, 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 in business, but when President Obama made that statement, it put into action the notion that a lot of in, individuals began to say, well, why not look at providing precision care for individuals based on genetic makeup? But to get that started, you need a database and you need individuals to participate on the front end to get the benefits from the back end, and that's where all of us and Morehouse School of Medicine, the Research Division, and the CAB, assisting Morehouse School of Medicine, that's why we're here right now. So all of us is doing this research pod. We're just actually glad to be a part, but it's not about me. So I'm Leland Jones. I actually pastor the church here in the city of Atlanta, and I'm honored to be the current president of the Community Advisory Board. Now I've been a member of CAP for several years. It was President Elegant, uh, uh, who actually brought me on board. He was one of the founding members of the community advisory board. And him in bringing me in actually was a blessing to see where our ministries can be more to facilitate than just the Sunday morning happy hour. And so here's where it gets real dicey. What I get is an opportunity to share with you what CAB is. But now I get the opportunity to share with you some of the members who are in the CAB. Yes. I don't know the best way to do it but take it away. Who's first?
2: You might still be muted. Hi,
4: my name is Wanya Mora, and I serve as VP, current VP for CAP. And uh, prior to joining CAP, um, I was already working in the community, specifically the undeserved community. So when I heard about what CAP was doing, it was a perfect way for me to continue my work through uh, Morehouse uh, research. Um, In my role, um, I was always dealing with uh, subjects of uh, disparities for the African American community. So, um, in joining CAP, it has allowed me to continue to just educate the African American community about different disparities and what we can do to help our community. And um, I've been a member of CAP now for, I, I guess, a little over four years, and. I think there's still we've done a lot, and I think there's still a lot of a lot more work to do, especially even with COVID nineteen and just seeing how um, that virus is affecting our community and different trials that are going on to come up with a, uh, a vaccine. So I think um, my role, uh, along with my uh, other uh, along with the other members of CAP, we we still have a lot more work to do, and I'm just glad to be part of this mission to um, educate our community about what we can do to help ourselves and try to just dispel some of the disparities for um, medical research
3: next up jump right in
5: good afternoon afternoon i'm willie candidate and currently i'm serving as the executive assistant again, and I have been in this role for a number of years, having taken over from Catherine Eberhardt, who was a great administrative assistant as well. I came into the community advisory board through a president, one of the presidents, and his name escapes me, Ricky. He was the fire chief at that time, a fire captain. And I was currently employed with the city of Atlanta and we were a part of the community emergency response team where we were going out to the community, talking with individuals and community centers and a number of different individuals about how to prepare for disasters. So he thought I would be a great fit with the community advisory board. And it has turned out to be such a blessing since my, my middle name is Service, and I am service-oriented. I serve on a number of different um, boards um, and, and working with the city of Atlanta and Morehouse College. I actually worked on the eHealthy Strides um, initiative, working with city employees and managing their diabetes problems. So that was a great introduction for me, and it has served to give me a lot of insight, again, as to the disparities that um, plague our communities. And as um, Reverend Jones said, if you don't have a seat at the table, then what you're eating is totally different than what other people are eating. And in addition to our mission, we were charged with reviewing the protocols prior to them going out into the community so that we could make certain that the dial, the language that was there was digestible or that the persons that would actually take part in the studies could actually read it. So that was a a great opportunity too, to interact with our community to make certain that they understood what it was that they were reading and whether or not it would be something that they were actually interested in participating in. We also had an opportunity to invite uh, the our public leaders into um, our fold whereby we we actually did awards programs for them and they came in and we gave them a seat also so that they would know that Morehouse was there and to see the great work that the community advisory board was doing. Additionally, more recently, I have been asked to serve on PAB, and that's a national organization in conjunction with all of us. So again, Morehouse being right here in our city, right here in our areas, helps us again to get out to our communities, to help us to talk to our people. And again, serving on the Community Advisory Board it gives us an opportunity to take this information to the other areas that we um, interact with our sororities, our churches, our family, and with me, whatever I'm involved in, my family is involved in, in addition to my friends. So thank you for this opportunity. And it's great to be a part of the community advisory board.
6: Next. Can you hear me? James Russell. Hello, brother Russell. Fine, fine. To my CAB family members, uh, I would like to let it be known again. You probably have heard me say it on more than one occasion. I was so blessed to have Mrs. Linda Webster to introduce me to the CAP family. And it has really been an eye-opening experience for me uh, when I look back historically, uh, from whence I came, from Alabama, Mobile, Alabama, relatives in Lawrence County, Montgomery area. As a little boy growing up, you 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 kind of witness a lot of disparities that exist between the races, as it relates to health as it relates to economic conditions, uh, environmental conditions, education, you name it. And since I've been a member of CAB, I am privileged to see the transparency of medicine and as it relates particularly to people that look like us, people of color. Uh, I think back to the trials in Tuskegee. There was no transparency as far as my perception of what took place there. Uh, There were a lot of tests that were done, as we all know, that were done on black people, but in result, why? That's why I mentioned about transparency earlier. And one thing I like about CAB, it, it extends its medical knowledge beyond the boundaries of a flourishing city like Atlanta. Uh, You go out in the rural areas to make it happen. And I am certainly glad to be a part of it, working with my junior layman's at church, working through my alumni association, uh, working through my fraternity, all of these entities are vehicles for me to go back and share with them what we do at CAP. It's been a very rewarding, a very educational experience, and I am indebted to CAP for educating me as it relates to medical research that's directed not only to Blacks, but to minorities around the the world. And when I look at all of us, it, it really has opened my eyes to what can be done historically and medically, that I, my family members, can be very beneficial along. With that said, I, I enjoy this organization. I continue to pray for its success. I continue to pray for the wisdom, the courage, and the fellowship that I experienced since I've been in this organization.
3: Thank you. Uh, Thank you, brother. Anyone else? Now, some of you might have your mute on. Just take that off and go for it.
7: Good afternoon. My name is Deborah Banks, and this is going into, I believe, the third or fourth year that I have been uh, blessed to serve on the CAB board. I was initially invited uh, to be on CAP by Wanya Moore, who I was also working with in the community on other health projects. Uh, I have a nutrition and public health background, and I'm a product of the Atlanta University Center, Clark College. I'm alumni of Clark College. What piqued my interest in working with the CAP board is that I initially was involved in participating in studies with the Alzheimer's uh, projects at Emory University. As a woman of color, I was concerned that many of us are not involved in a lot of the studies that are trying to um, get gather data for our particular ethnicity. Um, when I was invited to be a part of uh, CAP, and I learned in terms of what the, uh, the purpose and what the goals were and the various studies that were available uh, for us to recruit um, participants. It really uh, blessed me because I felt like this was an opportunity for me to give back to my community, uh, especially in the uh, university system where I am a product of. Um, I felt like it also as being a part of my health and wellness committee at church, this would be also be an opportunity for me to recruit uh, minorities to be a part of studies that would really benefit um, our community. So uh, in working with the committee, it has been a tremendous blessing. I enjoy the camaraderie of all of the uh, board members. There is such a unique spirit of love and a spirit of sincere concern in terms of wanting to see the community involved in making CAP one of the best uh, programs or one of the best boards supporting the Morehouse School of Medical Medicine in the clinical research division. So that is my, uh, that's my spiel and, and I'm sticking with it.
3: Hey man, I see. Also, we have uh, Patricia Yates.
8: Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Patricia Yates, and I'm I was born and raised in Fort Valley, and I've been in Atlanta since 2008. Um, I was brought on board the count by Reverend uh, Gregory Williams, and it's going on, I guess, two years now. And from my involvement with the church, um, with the faith-based community, doing health fairs, um, and all of our um, annual conferences. And in my job, I'm the state program coordinator for the Southeast Diabetes Initiative Program with the Balmagee Act. And I serve six counties across the state of Georgia, um, where Richmond, Newton, Bill, Clayton, DeKalb, um, I think I left one out. Um, so I go out, I travel all over the state uh, up until February um, and our program is basically focused on pre-diabetes um, and educating and empowering our people to be more proactive when it comes to their health. And my peak of interest in the Cal is basically you know, in the community and the research um, for us. Um, you know the old saying, um, for us, by us. Um, in, like I said, encouraging people to us to be more proactive with when it comes to our health. And being that things are virtual now, we are open, we're able to reach other um, communities and counties across the state of Georgia. And uh, we are also in the process of partnering with all of us. Um, I think we're gonna kick it off in the next couple of months. Um, so we're bridging um, the Southeast Diabetes Program and all of us and what they're doing in the community. And I look forward to um, this, uh, this relationship.
3: Outstanding. Any other CAB members that, uh, that might be on, on, the, on the line? Outstanding. One of the things I do want you to know for those of you who might be viewing, uh, the Community Advisory Board is made up primarily of individuals from various different backgrounds, uh, which helps any community advisory board. What you don't want is is a bunch of myopic thinking individuals who have the same thoughts and who go in the same direction because you're usually not going to get what you need to support the broader mission. And if you don't have those free thinkers, that's where problems come into play as well. So the various members and the various strengths of the individuals with the community advisory board has been a part of the success. Uh, I can honestly say, uh, just recently started beginning to serve as president. But the reality is, having been with the CAB for years, uh, each one of the individuals that are members of the Community Advisory Board are professionals in their particular fields. They are exceptional in so many different ways. And, uh, and they will argue down any point at any time whatsoever because they are uh, opinionated. And that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. I, okay, amen. So the thing is, is having a very uh, level of of not only great insight, but intelligent people who are passionate, that's a win-win scenario. And that's really what allows the community advisory board to make a difference. Not only that, it's the matter of connecting with individuals who you over the years have just come to like and to care about. Community advisory board with Morehouse School of Medicine, CAB, meets every first Thursday. The meeting is to take place technically for an hour. We meet generally at 6:30. Uh, over the years, it's been a blessing because we'll get there, and right at the top of the hour, we'll begin. I mean, we'll have dinner, we sit around, and we eat. We have a great time, and then we have a meeting, and it's serious. And when the meeting's done, we clean up and we leave. The impact of a small meeting that is structured well cannot be underestimated. Many times we have large meetings and points go all over, but now a small meeting done well matters tremendously. We get our marching orders from the Morehouse School of Medicine Research Department, uh, headed up primarily by Dr. Pehmu, who is our real point person with the school. We get our marching orders and we move forward with what they need from us. But at the same time, Morehouse School of Medicine has been available Once again, I think, as as Willie was saying, you know, as far as it goes, everyone knows what she's doing. But when you look at the fact you've got sororities and fraternal organizations, you've got uh, 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 Masonic organizations, you've got stars, you've got churches, you've got political organizations. The Community Advisory Board has actually been an extension to Morehouse School of Medicine. And Morehouse School of Medicine has said, hey, if you need us for that health fair, let us know. We'll bring the van. We'll make a difference. Let us know. We'll be there. And it's a partnership. It's not we're just we're just made to feel as if we bring our strengths. We serve the school, and it's a wrap. Not. It's been a partnership. It's been give and take. And one of the best blessings I can tell you about the giving and the taking is just spending that one hour a month around good people, people that you've come to care about over the years. There are several other individuals who are members of CAB. I'm going to ask if they might have come on the line here in a moment. And then if not, we're gonna move forward with our agenda as it's been presented. Any other CAB members on board? Outstanding. Any questions from anyone who might be attending the meeting? We move on. Cheryl, what's next?
2: Well, I have a question. Thank you so much for asking. In light of the current climate, um, not only in the city of Atlanta, uh, but around the world and not so much starting with George Floyd because he wasn't the first, but what would your advice be? And this is a question to all CAB members, to the younger society um, in how to maintain, how to maintain your mindset, how to, um you know, navigate these, dare I say, racial borders or social injustices, what would be your advice? Uh, and again, this is for any and all of you.
3: I'll let you all start off. I've got some pretty <laughs> solid notions, but I want to hear your thoughts as well. Okay.
2: Well, I'm an advocate of the women, so Ms. Wanya, <laughs> can you start us off?
4: Sure. I think living here in Atlanta, you know, we have had so many great leaders during just during the civil rights movement. And and we've lost a lot the last few days. But I think that if our young people can take the baton from uh, the Reverend C.T. Vivian, uh, Congressman Lewis, uh, Reverend Larry and just continue the race. Um, you know, I, I think our younger generation, some I've heard that some of them feel that my generation or our generation kind of didn't really do anything. And that a lot of them are ready to take the baton and move forward. So I, my my advice is that, you know, you, you always want to look at your history. Cause I think from your history, you can look at your past to kind of determine where your future should be. Uh, I am optimistic about our young people uh, taking the lead and uh, and moving forward. And my prayer and my hope is that they look back on our legacy, especially here in Atlanta, to use that um, as a a guide on how things should be uh, positioned to move forward. And uh, I'm just very optimistic that our young people will uh, take the baton and, and move um, this, and keep the movement going. And um, I think being here in Atlanta is, is you have the best roadmap in order for them to do that.
3: Outstanding, any others?
0: How about Ms. Willie?
2: You're muted. (laughs) There you go.
5: Okay, thank you for that. I I totally uh, agree with Wanya in that our young people have the, the greatest platform that they could ever have. You know, if we look back and, you know, the social media and those things that are so readily available to them and they do it so well, if they would take those platforms and use them. To help guide them um, to grow, to gather the strength that they've gotten from their their parents and their grandparents and their great grandparents and in the village that's behind them, and to use that they can do anything exceedingly and abundantly more so than um, we were able to do, and I do think they will do that. And I also want for them to to as you said, to look at our current situations where we are more closely now, with our mayors, you know, and our black leaders that really, really need their support. We, I hope that they will champion this cause and to help us and to help themselves to move that needle because it is going to depend on them. We've gotten them where they need to be, the shoulders that we've stood on. Now it's our turn to stand on their shoulders to help them. So, much prayer, much support, much love. We'll give them everything they need and we're not going to stop, but we're looking for them to do those great things.
0: Awesome, awesome.
2: Miss Deborah. Can we hear from you?
0: (laughs) Thank you.
7: Thank you. Um, First of all, echoing Willie, first I would uh, recommend to our young people to pray about everything, um, to look at the great examples that have gone on before us and the ones that remain, those that are in public service, uh, those those unsung heroes, people that you don't even hear about, uh, I would advise them, do not take for granted the voting rights that we currently experience. As my daughter reminded me recently, when I was born, we didn't even have the right to vote. My parents didn't have the right to vote. And the example and the legacy that my parents left behind is that when they did obtain the right to vote, they involved us. They led by example. They were involved in the community. I can remember the day of Dr. King's funeral. My parents actually attended the funeral and we watched on television. I would also say to the young people to read and to research the candidates. Don't just vote for people because they're putting uh, flyers in your in your mailbox, but to research the bills, research the voting history of those who've been in office for years. And lastly, do what my parents did. And even when I was a student at Clark College, uh, Dr. Bolster had us going out canvassing before elections. And when Andy Young, I remember the day that Maynard Jackson and Andy Young became uh, the mayors. They won the election as, as mayors. I felt a part of that because I was actually out there doing the work and, and getting people out to vote. So where we are now, I would encourage our young people to get involved on, on, before voting day. And on voting day, help get people to the polls. Uh, a lot of people have excuses, especially it's been shown that when it rains, a lot of our people will not go out mm-hmm. and vote. So... Get involved, drive people to the, to the polls, pass out bottles of water. If you see the, the lines long and, and surrounding, uh, like we did on this last election where people were in line for hours, pass out water, go out and buy a pizza, help encourage people not to go home. And if you see something that is not right, report it. Uh, we were at a, our voting precinct was temporarily closed, and we had to go to an elementary school a few years ago, and they only had two voting uh, booths in that, uh, in that elementary school. I didn't only complain about it, I called, and I reported it, so if you see something like John Lewis said, see something, do something about it, but if you don't vote, I would tell our young people, you don't have a reason to complain, but get out and help uh, make this uh, a victory, especially this upcoming election.
2: So true. Great wise words. Thank you. Urban Jones, I'm going to turn it back to you.
3: Well, I hate to say this, but uh, I am, I am, I'm, uh, I'm just going to tell you my heart right now. I pastored a church here in the city of Atlanta. I've been pastoring for about 25 years. I also pastored a church up in the country. Dr. Abernathy, Ralph David Abernathy was my pastor when I was flunking out of Morehouse College. Yes, David, I here you graduated from Clark. Well, I'm a proud flunking out student from Morehouse and I'm proud of it. And uh, yes, Juan, I know you went to Mo Brown. But uh, as I think about how I was blessed to have met people, John Lewis's and CT, Vivian's and all the other individuals and Dr. Lowry's with his smooth self. Um, I'm of a different mind. I'm gonna tell you honestly, I am not not, uh, uh, unfeeling. I hear what some young people are saying about my particular generation. And as far as it goes, I was raised up in a generation where changes were taking place and we were able to be a part of it. I will tell you this, I'm not going to uh, uh, give any excuses or apologies. Bottom line is I know the Civil Rights Movement helped to deal boldly with Jim Crow laws that were in the South, that were disenfranchising by law to people of color. They were eradicated. Some of them are still on the books, but the fact that the Civil Rights Movement dealt with that directly. Many of the people who are now working in upper jobs were because of the Civil Rights Movement. We found that more Blacks had just started entering white universities because of the civil rights movement and that push in that time. Don't apologize for any of that. I'm not gonna to try to make anyone feel like one's period of time on this earth was any more or less. But I'm at a point right now where while the Black Lives Matter movement is being usurped by a bunch of people who honestly, and I feel badly about this, the difference with the civil rights movement, you had a collective voice, and you had a collective message. They had a mission. And right now, Black Lives Matter's movement doesn't pull itself with one mission, and one solid voice. Everybody else is going to get a piece of it. And, and it's going to be much less than what it could be. And I've said it in my church. and I said to you all here, and we're going to move on. I understand. And I'm a black man in America, so take nothing from my real experience. But the reality is... I'm looking at my own communities and I still have to say black lives have to matter more to black people than anybody else. We are still at a point for deaths by gunshot in the community just this past weekend. No rationale, but here's the deal. Systemic racism causes a person not only to be disenfranchised from the system itself, but systemic also means that after a while, what you really don't like is people that look like you because they've been made to feel like, they're cheap, or they're not worthy. Or, and pretty soon, you don't even like the person on the other side of the mirror. And that's why we can honestly just take a gun and shoot somebody looks just like you, without any batting of an eye. And then at the end of the day, as pastors, we're finding ourselves funeralizing and also decriminalizing the act. And it's, it's, uh, it's just sad, but we've got to matter more to us. Because if no one else changes, we still have to make sure that we're doing our best in our own communities. Now, that being said, I'm going to move on to something that is more CAB noted. So, uh, and I know I threw a lot out there. I know some of you want to rebuttal. Lana, I love you. But uh, here's where we are. So with the uh, Morehouse School of Medicine, uh, and we're talking about individuals who are trying to make difference in every community. So how can we go about helping to support that? With all of us, blueprint, as well as in trying to deal with there's nothing else that says that medicine and research matters. Let's look at this COVID shift right now. This has been something none of us in our lifetime were looking to ever happen. Something that just says the world now stops because there's not a cure, a remedy, or a vaccine to help to make a difference. Nothing at all. Now something's coming about soon, we hope and pray. But at the same time, Here's where precision care and the all of us program can be a part of making changes going down the road will we see the changes during my lifetime maybe not but I'm glad to know that we're moving as the cab in that right direction trying to make fixes where possible but I don't want you to think cab is just uh, well they're great people but I don't want you to think we get locked up in just sitting in meetings and and, and reading papers and things of that nature which are very important but uh Cab members, if you don't mind, take me down memory lane about some of the events that we've been able to participate in. Willie had spoken of the awards ceremony, I believe, uh, where we were able to give awards to various individuals who were notable in our communities. But uh, I'm talking about everything from ugly Christmas sweater parties to to, to going walking at the Cascade and taking your church members, your family members, it. Just tell me some of the stories about CAP that makes really this relationship come to life for you.
0: Yeah, you, whoever you are, just go ahead and take it off of mute and just give an answer. I think Miss Catherine Eberhardt is trying to take it off of mute. <clears throat>
5: And Catherine is one of the golden girls, Reverend Jones.
3: Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. It's, it's,
2: it's, it's still on mute. <clears throat> okay. You there you go? go. Yay. Oh,
9: okay. And last, <laughs> I've been trying to get Munda and Barbara on, but we seem to be having problems. I see Barbara has her cell phone number down but I can't get through her, and uh, that was Linda. But Barbara said, hey, you know Barbara. Now, when she gets frustrated, she goes on. But anyway, um, my time at camp, I just remember when we would go out to the fairs, the health fairs. I remember the one that was downtown, and that was the same time that they had the Auburn Avenue Festival. So we got to meet a lot of people there and give them information, and they came in to see what we had to offer and we were dressed so they knew who we were. And we did get quite a few participants uh, that day. And we had fun just walking back and forth and they people would ask us who were we when we had our t-shirts on. So that was really, really nice there. That was downtown. Now we visited various churches uh, which was quite interesting, uh, especially at True Light. I think that was it. Reverend Elgin?
3: Reverend Elgin, yes. Okay.
9: Uh-huh. That was nice. And we met quite a few people there and got a few participants. So those are the things that we do. And of course, we go out to the community and within our church, trying to get them to come in and be uh, a one that will make a Uh, a point in their lives to bring people in because we need help when it comes to the trials because it involves us. And it makes me wonder now with these trials, we probably didn't even think about the COVID virus coming. Things like that we need to know because it hit the other people before it got us. So what's going on? You know, those are things that we need to know about. And that's why we need to a part of trials that are going on within Morehouse and besides the fellowship I like the fellowship like you said the ugly sweater we invited uh, community workers to come and participate with us with the other uh, ugly Christmas sweater so that was wonderful it was just coming together as one which was really nice because all of us are about the business of being healthy and being a survivor
5: nowadays.
3: Anybody else?
5: I do remember um, Reverend Jones, annually Morehouse has the community engagement fair where they invite different entities to come in and the public of course is is the main target to come out so that they can take advantage of the different um, groups that are there that take their blood pressures, their weight, their height, they talk about life insurance, They talk about health. They talk about the person as a whole, not just one facet. And in visiting those fairs, they also treat them to fruit and vegetables, healthy food. And they do various demonstrations on health and food demonstrations. So those have been very engaging, not to mention the health fairs at different facilities. I think we've done one at the city of Atlanta. We've done so many throughout the city. And, and as you said, we take the the mobile unit out to the places. If we can't, if they can't come to us, we'll go to them.
3: Now, the Catherine? mobile unit is, is not just a, a, a pickup truck that they got a couple of stethoscopes in. The mobile unit is actually a custom van that is set up to where individuals can go in, sit in the chair, actually receive treatment that can be utilized for their going forward, whatever the issues might be. But it is actually state-of-the-art. It's just a matter of us letting Morehouse School of Medicine know that we need it at various events. So far, I can honestly say they haven't never said no yet. It's just a matter of working along with them. So for those who are considering what would a a community advisory board look like in your own community, uh, having access and resources really does matter. You know, it's interesting to me. I never really thought, you know, even as a pastor and dealing with family issues and loss, I never even thought about the end of care scenarios until Wanya had broached that conversation probably, it was a few years ago, and it made me realize how important that is and was needed to be dealt with in our church and also bringing our strengths and our information. I'm just saying that it honestly is not always what we do and going out to do it. It's what we bring in as well that actually gives us strength some guidance to go forward and to make some differences. But now let me ask, did anybody's feet hurt after you did that walk around uh, Cascade Park? Did anybody have on some jacked up feet where your toes were all squoos up and your feet were hurt <laughs> at all, and your toes like that?
4: <laughs> Actually, that was like one of my favorite events that I wanted to share. Um, it's an annual event um, through the 360 portal where yep we go out to the Cascade Nature Nature Reserve reserve, and it's very serene, just very peaceful place to go walk. And just during the walk, you know, we, we receive educational diabetes. We're able to bring our family members and friends to walk. And so it's a a great annual event that allows us as CAP members to, you know, further bring out that educational uh, portion of it, And, um, you know, like they say, party with a purpose. So uh, the walk is definitely, and I I wear some good shoes, so my feet normally don't hurt me. You're good, Lord, One other thing I wanted to share, um, I was watching the news uh, one day last week, and they were talking about the COVID-19 vaccine, and they had interviewed different participants in the uh, study you know, just getting their remarks. And at the end of the interview, they made an appeal to African-Americans. None of us were in that interview. There weren't any African-American participants in the interview. And they had to make an appeal for African-Americans to participate. And the only thing I could say was, Lord have mercy. Because I'm like, we need it more than anybody. And it just made me realize that my role with CAP and the CAP uh, organization is, is, is really needed. And uh, I just wanted to say that too, I, I was thinking about it um, as everyone else was
5: talking. I wanted to echo, this is Willie, I wanted to echo something Mr. Russell said about um, being um, involved in research in that being on CAP has given us an opportunity to participate to actually be participants in so many different studies so that in doing, we can actually tell other people exactly what the study is about and we can make it personal to them so that they'll feel like it's okay, that they're comfortable, that they're not going to be used as guinea pigs and that this will actually be something that will be helpful to them and to you know their families. And most of the studies that we've taken a look at have, have to deal with diabetes and high blood pressure, which we know plague us more so than any other community. So I did want to share that and thank you, Mr. Russell.
2: Um, Reverend Jones, Linda is waiting to speak. She had a comment on that as well. Linda Webster, you'll have to unmute your phone, though.
3: (laughs) While we're waiting for Linda James, show your shirt. (laughs) Hike it out. That's exactly what Wanya was talking about. And actually, they were talking about going downtown wearing your shirts. I would say, honestly, looking like the Community Advisory Board, (laughs) You know, having what is needed. And our partnership with Morehouse has really been, uh, it's been a blessing in little ways, but it's going to make a major difference. And that's, that I think, once again, my lifetime, don't know. But I do know we're on to something. I do hope Linda gets a chance to come through because Linda.
5: She's still. And she has worked so hard on this Mm -hmm. this week, so. I hope she gets through.
7: Reverend Jones, Jones, uh, while we wait on Linda uh, to get through, I just want to insert that uh, one of the things that we have been uh, so blessed to work with Morehouse uh, School of Medicine on is the all of us orientation or the recruitment at the Morehouse Clinic at Buggy Works. As a cab unit, we were able to be there on the very first opening day uh, and to not only register, become a part of the All of Us study, but to recruit others who were at the uh, clinic that day. According,
1: you may hang up or press one for more options.
3: And those kind of opportunities like at Buggy Works. Uh,
1: We're not because of, of a bad connection. To disconnect, first one, to your
2: message.
3: That sounds like it might be Ms.
2: Linda. I'm not sure.
3: I'm new. Okay. So working on with uh, Buggy Works and the different organizations going out, it brings validity to the community advisory board. But I gotta tell you, uh, you know, the community advisory board, how many of you have have found yourself connected to other organizations because of your time with Morehouse School of Medicine. Willie, you've taken on a new position that's a national position, literally, with all of us. And that's because of, uh, of this entrance way through the Community Advisory Board. And it's, and it's not a matter of someone coming in, I want to get my foot in so I get the next thing. It's like, no, we're not paid for this. We give time and effort. But the reality is there are opportunities for good people to do more good work. Uh, I know myself, uh, let me see, Greg Williams, our previous president, uh, had to go to uh, Washington, D.C. to meet at a conference, uh, spoke very well, I mean, it was, it's because of CAB. Uh, at the same time, I know myself having been a, a board member with one of the NIH community boards itself because of CAB. and these relationships matter. Anyone else been able to parlay relationships with CAB that people have said, hey, Let's facilitate some other growth elsewhere. Anyone else? Wanda, I know you've got to go, but we are glad you are here. I do have a
2: special guest, uh, Linda. I'm trying to dial her in. She really wants to say a moment. Say, say something for a moment. Just one moment. I'm dialing her in. One minute, please. <laughs> Keep going, though.
4: Reverend Jones, I will say this. I know personally I have made so many connections through CAP, uh, working with Deborah on projects, working with uh, Willie on projects. And so this has definitely, I would just say personally speaking, has been a very good networking opportunity um, for me as well and being able to give back to the community.
3: Awesome. Awesome. And I know Really, uh, 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 we don't do what we do because, uh, because we're in any way gifted. Actually, there's some people behind the scenes who really do make it work. Deborah Teague, uh, are you on the line? Deborah Teague is actually pretty much the person who coordinates activities with Morehouse with us. Uh, lately, she's been the one to make sure we eat good. <laughs> I'm here. Um, I don't know if to can be, just be eaten, but, uh, but at the same time, those kind of things that happen behind the scenes, there's value in that that we don't often time, where we just can't think enough. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just so grateful for, for the efforts and the energies that you bring. But at the same time, what makes you passionate about making sure cab folks, now if you tell me because they pay you to do it, then I'm going to cut your line off and mute you myself. <laughs> but uh, uh but you don't seem to do it from that perspective you seem to really seem to really be invested in the big picture is that a fair statement
0: yes uh can bring
9: about a lot of african americans um insights uh you guys have really really good intentions you all Come when we need you at the drop of a hat. You all bring in value to the Black community. So yes, I do it with compassion because of you guys and your compassion within the Black community.
3: I, hold on. I, okay. I feel a tear right now. Yes. I feel a tear. She said that so sweetly, I feel a tear. So, so here's where we are.
0: You Linda? Want to say, Linda? Yes. Yeah.
1: Go ahead and speak. Good afternoon, everybody.
0: Good. Hey, Linda. can no. you hear me? Go ahead, Finally, Linda. I got
1: everybody you. together. <laughs> well, thank you so very much. Uh, I just want to mention, hiking uh, out at the Cascade Reservoir, usually is held in November. It's a beautiful time for Atlantis to come out to join camp and uh, walk the trail. Usually there is um, a lot of energy, dancing, exercising going on. Uh, we have a lot of t shirt we were talking about earlier. Uh fresh fruits, uh water juice, to help the And get your heart pumping uh, walking the trail. And no Brother Jones, you're gonna so, it's really <laughs> a good time to exercise. That is,
3: uh, I, I've,
1: been with, I've been, with CAP now what about since 2012. Uh, Catherine with uh, Catherine to meeting. in 2011. It was. It's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. Currently, the position as correspondent secretary, that's uh, what I know, working closely with the president, the vice president, and all the board members, and making sure that you're aware of it. And anytime, you know, you can hear from Atlanta, President Claude Pallet, and I did not. In 64, in 65. So, with uh, uh, with John Lewis and with um, Atlanta, it was a wonderful experience. people uh, was also there. And uh, living here in Atlanta, we have a lot that we have, with the twist of a change, the change, that's going to since sense. The larger than 63, 64. So yes, I am proud to be here and proud to be a part of the Morehouse School of the Community Advisory Board. Thank you, thank you, awesome.
3: Cheryl, I think your time is is looking as such that, uh, is there anything that we did not cover in this setting? Because I do know we have another meeting next month that is going That's to be more right. specific subject. Today, we just wanted to introduce the cab. Is there if there's anything else? Uh, I believe uh, previous president, Jason oh, Owen. Right. Oh, the president.
9: Yeah, Jason has become a board member. Of, uh, oh. I just got the text.
3: Oh, Lord, have mercy.
9: The past president before uh, Williams became a board member on the research board due to his involvement as CAF. Yeah.
3: That was Dr. Jason Hey, Jason, yeah. hey, Jason right. you're on the line, Bishop. Bishop! Is he there? Oh, well. Tell you what we'll do. We'll make sure we include all of these insights and those who are not in on this meeting, because there are several board members that I see that, that are not accounted for. Here's the deal. The community advisory board has a purpose. It has a value. We do want to find ourselves recruiting some younger individuals because, once again, that balance of, of 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 young energy is actually going to be needed. We all need to maintain viability in so many different ways. Normally, the CAB would have had a summer vacation last month and this month, but because of COVID, uh, we've been meeting virtually or by telephone, and. Now we're doing Zoom meetings, but the reality is also, the issues and the needs with all of us can't stop for a season. The needs to try to deal with this COVID reality can't stop for a season. So that's why we're working along with Cheryl Simpson and with the school to try to do whatever we can to get the good word out about making good choices, good healthy choices, good living choices. Uh, and empowering choices, and also making the kind of choices that are going to make a difference in our homes, and our communities, and for the world. Uh, if I have neglected anyone that's on the call, please, please, please let me know right now. If there's anyone who's on the call that I that we didn't hear from, because I'm going to turn it back over to Cheryl. I know she's got
0: some time restraints.
2: Well, thank you so much. Reverend Jones, Um, I'm sorry, Mr. Russell, were you trying to say something? I see your mic is muted.
6: And um, there you go. Yes, a comment, please. Yes, sir. Uh, Dr. Jones. Hey. Looking at your beautiful shirt, and uh, of course you observe mine. (laughs) I wear mine faithfully, uh, and they are marketing tools because there are a lot of people that are curious, yeah. wanting to know if I'm a doctor at Morehouse School of Medicine and <laughs> guess what the nature of the shirts. But anyway, uh, wearing them is like I said, is a, a, a good tool to create conversation with the public. And that's your opportunity to share with them what's going on, you know, with care. Uh, number two, I too would like to piggyback on the nature trail on cascade. I had the pleasure of bringing my junior laymen and our girl scouts over to one of the fairs and they were really baffled because of the fact that that environment is not typically what you see in in a city and we went back and of course we had an opportunity to discuss it in its entirety and also overlay it with the camp mission and I think you for coming up with all that educational information that we had to share with our group. And again, thanks for being a member of the CAP family.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Russell and hey,
3: uh, Reverend Cheryl, Jones. You want to have closing remarks, Reverend Jones? Yeah, there was one thing, another point of clarification. I had nothing to do with the nature trail. That was Adawara, who actually also is the one who handles our video and all of that good stuff. Uh, he's the one who keeps us on point. And if we, if we look good, that's because he did it. But uh, he's the one who actually spearheaded that. And him being a proud graduate of Tuskegee University, he wanted to make sure he showed us how to do it from his perspective. And this, so there's so many people in the cab that make a difference in so many different ways, and uh, the sky's the limit. But if we are at the business of trying to help others, that's what it's all about. And Cheryl, thank you for this opportunity for us to be able to share who we are as Community Advisory Board the CAB, the Moho School of Medicine Research Department.
2: Thank you so much, uh, Reverend Jones, and the members of CAB certainly have enjoyed not only hearing your voices, but your insight. And we're looking forward to this time next month where um, the episode will be A Time for Change, Addressing the Social Injustices of the World and of Atlanta. So save some of that good talk for then. We'll have more of you on. Thank you for being with us today. Enjoy your day. Goodbye from Research on the Pod.